Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Effort Podcast for round two, 2023. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who's been suspended from his job at Brisbane Energy. It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. We have got a cracking round of footy to talk about. But before we get there, yes, finally a suspension. Finally, I haven't been sacked straight off the bat. It is a nice change, Michael. You know why it is? Because it's a government job. Therefore, it's harder for you to get sacked. (laughs) That is true. It's (laughs) nice to be suspended with full pay. Uh, So I will be be thinking about uh, my suspension whilst I'm swimming up to the bar Uh in Cooter and order myself a nice little cold bin tang. Think about what a bad little boy you've been. (laughs) That's right. So, Friday night at the Gabba, huge game between Melbourne and uh, Brisbane. And I um, have been put in charge Mm. of the lighting grid, the power grid at the Gabba, basically across Brisbane. And being Queensland, we don't like what you fucking Southerners do with your fucking little electricity grid, with your, you know, your fucking... With your big fans out in the sea and your things that catch the sun's rays and all that bullshit. Like, how's that going to power a torch at night? How's the sun supposed to work then, mate? That's that's my logic too, mate. And windmills, they kill birds. Yeah, they do. They cause cancer. And what happens when there's no wind, mate? Do we fucking have no power? Yeah. It's, it's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. So us in uh, at Brisbane Power in Queensland, Greater Queensland, so I was in charge of that. And we've got, uh, just out the back of the Gabba, we've got a massive fucking incinerator that we keep going <laughs> 24-7. So even when the Brisbane Lions aren't playing there or anything is happening at the Gabba, we keep that motherfucker going. Absolutely. Right? And the good thing about it is that it doesn't store any energy. Mm-hmm. So while we're burning it during the week, that doesn't help us at all come the weekend, <laughs> as we discovered on Friday night. So we burn like um, out the back there in the in the incinerator. We burn uh, coal. We burn tyres. Uh, we throw endangered animals in there. Uh, we've got solar panels. We burn those as well. Uh-huh. AFLX jumpers. Uh, we've got Hawthorne memberships. Fuck, we've been burning. Like people have been sending us uh, Hawks memberships them, yeah. to burn. And the last thing that we kind of ran out of that we thought we were going to have a lot more of, uh, there was a report into past players' concussions that the AFL had sent us <laughs> that we had torched. And just as we headed into the last quarter, I'm like, we're running out. Have we got any more reports? And they said, oh, most of them have been shredded. We yeah, haven't been able sure, to burn them. Sure. And uh, as you saw, into the last quarter, the lights went out at the Gabba and, you know, the fast that uh, ensued was um, our fault. And now all of our memories immediately went back to um, uh, St Kilda Essendon, which I didn't realise, that was 1996. I thought it was like 98 or 99. And we were all essentially waiting for, well, we wanted shit to start catching fire. That's that's basically what we wanted. 
You wanted mayhem to descend yeah. like society was ended. You wanted like good old-fashioned Brisbane, lights are off, let's start mm. glassing each other. Yeah. Uh, that's what we wanted. We only got a little light globe that kind of burnt for a little bit. It was nothing it's too pr- dangerous. It's pretty disappointing because when mm. you think of what happened out at Waverley that night uh, against uh, Essendon and St Kilda, it, des- it descended like... You know, um, uh, goalposts were ripped down, yep. fires were started. It became mayhem so fucking quickly. Very quickly. It was that was the magical thing about it. It's like the game was, you know, the pitch black, blah, blah, blah. Players mm. go off the ground. And then the crowd, like, almost immediately just as one went, let's burn some shit. <laughs> like, it was like, it might, I, I think there'd be like a number of, a few hundred things that would go through my mind before I land on burning something. Well, also, too, the, the fact that they went, this is the apocalypse, it's the end, and you go, you've got so much more coffee in your thermos, you've got at least three sandwiches that your mum's made, you're sitting yep. in that bag beside you, it's going to be many hours before you need to descend into Lord of the Flies material, but Sir and Essendon fans went, no fucking way, mate, up come those fucking seats, let's get a goalpost down, let's start a fire, let's harass Andy Moe in the middle of the ground, <laughs> let's just fucking get into that. Because then I also wonder as well about the car park. I've never really thought about this before, but presumably mm. the, there were no lights in the car park. And I can't remember there being a great deal of light, lights in the car park in the first place. So presumably there was no no lights. It's already hard enough to find your car at Waverley Car Park. How do you do it in the dark? Mate, that is a great memory without notice. And now that I think back to all the night games that I would have gone to at Waverley, mm. I don't remember. Like, you know, you go out to a car park, generally there's kind of big light towers, and that's where you go, oh, we're on, like, you know, E3 or whatever the mm. fucking, whatever the number are. I, because for those of you who've never been to Victoria or went to Waverley Park, it was so fucking rustic and throwback. It was gravel for as long as I can remember. I don't remember them ever paving it. Do you? Uh, no, they didn't pave it. No, no, no. It was mud. And that, that's, that was always a big thing from my dad, like when it was like super wet, like he was always paranoid about getting bogged on the kind of way out trying to leave. Is it, was your Rolls Royce not all-wheel drive? <laughs> <laughs> you worried about your butler having to get out and push. You're like, I say, Daddy, he looks quite uh, exhausted. And that was part of the charm of Waverley Park as well, by the fact you'd have yep. the ground announcement every now and then, say, you know, license plate, oh. ABC, one, two, three, you've left mm. your lights on. And then yep. and then every now and then you get the, the piece de resistance, where it's like license plate, one, two, three, ABC, you've left your engine on. <laughs> 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 that is an excited family ready to get into the like how how pumped are you to get to a game like it's so routine that you as soon as you pull up put it in park yep. you know pop it into first whatever you do take you well actually it has to be an automatic because if you took your foot off the clutch it would stall or you I suppose you could leave it in neutral but how pumped are you to get out of the car and not remember that it's still fucking revving <laughs> like could you imagine though the worst would be, say, it didn't there was no announcement to it. So you get back to the car and you go, oh, that's right. I don't remember leaving the accessories on. And then you go to start it and you've run the car out of petrol. You would have, yeah. And then on top of that, I'm going to presume, like, because there were no mobile phones to kind of call things in. Do you think Waverley Park had staff? So once people are in the ground, there'd be a few stragglers and the like. But I hardly... Yeah. Do you think Waverley Park had staff that would walk around checking for lights and checking for checking for engines still being on? I guess that was that was kind of the extended role of the blue coat. Like maybe once you've gotten everyone in there, because remember they used to wear the pale blue coats back in the day. Yeah, the people outside the ground. So maybe that was the thing. Once they'd got everyone in there, once they'd sold all the records, maybe that was their secondary job was to go for a wander. And surely, if your car's running, your keys are in it. Those blokes are going through your fucking 
uh, go, opening up the glovey, going through the, the console. They are ripping every bit of coin out there before they make that announcement. But then I so like the idea that, you know, your car is still running. Like, there's a concern. You know, you don't want it to be stolen or anything. But yep. you get the announcement. You realize it's your car. And then oh. you have to – how long – do you have yeah, to you sit s- there before you can leave, like, and not like it look like it was your car? You can't get up immediately. Like everyone's there no, laughing, no, no. going, "What a fuck with? What a fuck with?" Yeah, you, you sh- don't bolt out of there. You no. casually wait for a goal, or you make it look towards the end of the quarter, like you're busting for a week. Yeah, but yeah. You can't. You can't get out there because you're going to get mocked, and rightly so. Um, did I actually? It also happened in the netball. The yesterday, I believe it was. So the um the Thunderbirds no. and the Swifts. So they uh, had the lights go out. Um. And they had a different rule of like a time frame of the length of the game. And they'd already been delayed because the court was um, playing up. Um, but they, they had their lights um, go out as well. So it's quite remarkable, two in um, two days. It's a conspiracy. Hmm. So th- I think we were really close to be the game were not being forfeited, but being called off, like saying it's an end. I think after the Essendon thing, they said that if it, it's into the second half yeah. and it's more than an hour, yeah. then where the uh, scores are is the final result. Yeah. So. I think it came quite close to that. And then um, Chris Fagan was very unhappy because Melbourne got to go out and warm up for three minutes longer than Brisbane did. And, you know, Melbourne came home with a head full of steam and uh, nearly got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, you can't play it against um, the winner by the fact that, you know, percentage and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Absolutely. Oh, it could be crucial come September, Adam. Yeah, people really do think, well, as a Carlton supporter, I know the percentage can be very crucial. Hey, should we talk about the uh, Comedy Festival coming up at both of our shows? Yeah, you start this Saturday. I do start this Saturday. Michael Chandler's completely incomplete history of Australian rules. And I actually realised today there was a joke I've got and I have to change it and it's going to break my heart to change it. But i got to make it about Hawthorne. And I'm like, ah, you motherfuckers, he got me. Can you give us a taste? Oh, I better not because I don't want you to go like, oh, this fucking shit. And then I get lose all confidence. All right. I'll come along and do it for you then. Yeah, do it from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, the coop is in at 4 p.m. on the next four Saturdays, the 1st, 8th, 15th, and 22nd. Get tickets at Try Booking or through comedyfestival.com.au. How about yourself, Adam? Yeah, I start on April the 11th. My show is called High Functioning Idiot. I've only got 11 shows, so get in quick. I'm also at the Cooper's Inn, which if you've never been to, is a great uh, pub to watch the footy at. So it's on uh, Exhibition Street on the corner of um, Little Lonsdale Street. So it's just kind of, if you know where the comedy theatre is, it's just a little bit north of that. Um, Yeah, so I'm on at 8.10pm every night uh, except Mondays and I start on April the 11th. So grab yourself a ticket, go to trybooking.com. Don't forget, junk time uh, listeners, you can get yourselves a little bit of a cheeky discount with the code word low dog or lowercase or one word. Yeah, sweet. It's going to be awesome. We'd love to see you there. Mate, um, are you excited to start on Saturday? I am. I'm actually kind of keen. Like, I think the stories are kind of, well, they're very interesting to me and I think I've done, I've done, you know, I'm a, I reckon there'll be you know, a number of moments where you go, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, like, oh really? Okay. Oh. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Oh. I will definitely come along. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any Lee Matthews impersonations <laughs> no, in the show? No, I think I've got a quick JB, but um, no lethal well, at this stage. Not? But, we, you know, hey, it could be some last-minute rewriting. Now, this is a question completely without notice, but it might have something to do with your show because I know that you're talking about Tom Wills. Sure. 
When did – now, we were – the only reason I ask this is because we had Stephen Kernahan on the front bar during the uh, week. Yep. Fantastic Stoops. guest, fantastic guy. And we had in the meeting – we didn't show it on, on the program, but we showed some of his um, lowlights from when he played international rules over in Ireland. Uh, yep. And I was just curious. I'd never considered this before, but Tom Wills claims that he, you know, created AFL footy. But when did Gaelic football start – Start basically, that, that's and actually, if and if so, Tom Wills would have seen that and gone, "Oh fuck, well, I'm going to take that." Uh, well, I I don't know if there's the reports of him going to Ireland. He did go to he lived in England. He went to boarding school when he was 14, then he came back to Australia when he was 21, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. And so, well, even a more kind of fun fact is that the fact so he went to rugby school. Okay. It's first played in 1885. Um, Gaelic football. Well, then, yeah. um, then Australian rules predates it by a good 30 years. So those motherfuckers, those filthy Irish people, stole our great game and just uh, nicked a fucking soccer ball. Well, I didn't realise this, but rugby isn't that much older than Australian rules. Like, and here's the point: like the guy Tom Wills, so he went to rugby mm. school. He invented Australian rules. William Ellis Webb, he went to rugby. Webby. Sc- yeah, he, yeah, the guy in the name of the cup, the Rugby World Cup. He invented rugby. So two people invented like huge sports. Both went to the same school. Um, and rugby is That's called rugby. fucking unbelievable. Yeah, so rugby is called rugby because it was invented at the in at rugby school in the town of rugby. There's fun stuff like that, mate. There's fun mate, stuff like that. Junk timers, get along. And if you come along to my show, you will learn nothing. So it's a bit like you know the the person who invented tennis went to the same school as the person who invented cricket. You know, is that correct? No, no, that's not that didn't that didn't happen. Oh. But it's a <laughs> bit like say, that. Fuck. You know, what is going on? It's like there's a schools. weird, weird kind of huh, huh? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, we want to talk about the ladder. I, if anyone had said at the start of the year that the top four or even top six, let's go to the top six, Sydney Swans, you expect them, they're a very good team. St Kilda sitting second, undefeated. Rich uh, Essendon sitting third, undefeated. Collingwood, we all thought that they were going to be pretty good and we'll get to them, but they are playing an amazing style of footy. North Melbourne are sitting fifth, undefeated. And they are playing Hawthorne next week. So the grudge match. And that, where is that? That's in Tasmania, I believe. See, that's such a missed opportunity. So you reckon they would have, at least the AFL could have gone, you would have that in Melbourne. So there's a little bit of, you know, a chance for North Melbourne fans to come along and support them and hate on Hawthorne, Hawthorne to hate on Clarko, all that kind of stuff. Same as North Melbourne playing Port Adelaide, where, you know, Jason Horn Francis, who got booed on the weekend yep. by the Collingwood supporters for some unknown reason. <laughs> I don't know what he they, did, but he must yeah. have done something. <laughs> They're playing um, uh, North Melbourne in Tasmania as well. Oh, and okay. again, you go, another opportunity for a grudge match yeah, like the sure. AFL. Have missed a couple of really good chances. Sure, sure, sure. But I also imagine North probably cherish the idea that they get to play Collingwood in Tasmania. I can't imagine Collingwood's actually played in Tasmania before. That'd be a big coup, actually. No, they're playing Port down there. Port, oh, sorry. And then, yeah. Oh, and gotcha. Yeah, sorry. I've oh, fucked that yes. entirely. I don't, I don't care about that at all then. <laughs> <laughs> then we got so Richmond. Then we got, then we got you guys, though. But you guys you guys are only in the eight. We still have one more game to go. Um, Giants and uh, Eagles. West Coast. Yeah. Yes. Um, you guys are in the eight, but only uh, did you draw? 
Hey, mate, we're undefeated. I, I don't know what I don't know what more you want from uh, a side at this point. You know what though? I thought Carlton would be zero and two to start the year. Uh-huh. So I am wrapped that yep. it has happened this way. I watched the St Kilda Western Bulldogs game last night, and St Kilda were fucking manic, man. Like it was in it was like Ross Lyon times. You just remember what they were like back when they played. You know, uh, late two thousands when they were dominating. Yep. Yep. I mean, I'd be happy for St Kilda to do well this year. It'd be nice to see. Um, Would you? What about Carlton? Would you be happy if Carlton? Oh fuck no! I hope you guys finish seventeenth because isn't isn't like the number one pick meant to be an absolute gun this year? Yes, they're all talking about uh, Hawthorne getting him, which makes me laugh because you won't get him. I would say that West Coast really have their hands on him. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, they're already talking about Hawthorne. Well, on Footy Classified, they're already talking about Hawthorne tanking. Yeah. Um. And then Melbourne rounding out the eight with their one win. Um, so who, who, who? Oh well, Geelong will be the big one. So I heard this stat on Triple M during the week. Uh, I think it was sixty-nine teams in the last, or the, the last sixty-nine teams to start zero and two. I think it was nine of them have made the eight. Yeah, right. So you, it, it, and so stats like that kind of they kind of don't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, there is a reason. Although, apparently, that uh, Geelong have a fairly favourable draw over the next few weeks. So, they should probably kind of, you know, um, square the ledger in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Fremantle, I, I think, are the other... Fremantle are the other big surprise. They were um, pretty shit for most of last night's game before they almost pinched it at the death against... Uh, yeah. um, Against the Kangas, North Melbourne have been, you know, if you're a North fan, how fucking excited would you be? You, you know, you're be. actually seeing some growth. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, um, should we go through the out-of-bounds at the end? Because you had some pretty strong views, Adam. Well, I just thought that to the letter of the law... So apparently, okay, so there's two things going on here, Junk Times. I'll try and explain it as succinctly as I can. They can't give a free kick for... Uh, for intentional until the boundary umpire has signaled that the ball is out of bounds. Mm. He did not do that because he's fucking terrible at his job. He should never boundary umpire again. He didn't do that. The siren went game over. But the AFL came out and said that the ball was in bounds when the siren went and it wasn't. So the AFL are lying and they didn't need to because the rule covered their asses. So they've kind of created themselves a little bit of a fucking issue, which doesn't sound like the AFL. <laughs> so the way I saw it, I didn't. Mm. I, it, it didn't appear to be out of bounds for my liking. But at the same time, I'm sure you're, what you've seen has been slowed down and you know um, properly edited together and all that jazz. Well, they played it on the Sunday footy it show. Uh, on the Sunday footy show, before mm. Brownie's quiz, but in between probably the handball, they showed it from the arc and the arc vision. Yep. And it clearly shows that the ball is probably a good metre or so, maybe 80, like maybe a metre a meter 20 yep. over the boundary line when the siren goes. Yep, gotcha. But then on top of that, that still doesn't um, prevent the fact that the guy didn't have time to signal the whistle. that it was out of bounds. So therefore, it's kind of a moot point to kind of, was it in or out in general? Yes, exactly. So they had coverage and then they went, no, no, it was in. And you're like, but it wasn't, yeah, you okay. motherfuckers. So they're so. Trying, to, trying to kind of tell us what we're seeing and we're not seeing it. That's exactly right. Like when they said that JFK was fine mm. and will be president the next day and everyone went, but I saw yeah. his brains yeah, go yeah, out the back. They're on the boot, mate. I was in the arc that day, actually. That was quite yeah. the shock. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the shock. <laughs> Hey, yeah, so you went to the Baggers on Thursday night. Pretty good win. It was amazing. Before I get to Carlton, can I just say how, and, you know, this fucking absolutely kills me as a football lover to say this, but 
How much fun are Collingwood to watch play footy? Collingwood are. Oh my god! It's just like it's just a blitz. It's absolute. Like they've kicked uh, forty goals in the last two weeks. Yep. Um, they're just fun to watch. Yeah. They're really you really like the players. You love the coach, and it, you know what? I was watching it on uh, yesterday afternoon when they absolutely tore apart Port Adelaide. Everyone was like, "Port Adelaide are back. Here they come." You know, they smashed Brisbane in the first week, and I was like, "Geez, I really like this Collingwood uh, team." And then. And then the supporters started that Collingwood chant and you're like, oh, that's right. I fucking hate these people. I had a friend who went to the Collingwood game last week, uh, mm. the Geelong Collingwood game, and they're, they're, not, they're not the biggest fan of crowds. And then also on top of that... Um, you the know, MCG is probably not the place for them then. Yeah, and but then also on top of that was kind of was a bit wary, like, oh, I don't know, Collingwood, taking a, taking a young child as well. Yep, and then um, their partner got called a cunt probably about five minutes into the last uh, first quarter. <laughs> Had they asked for it? That's what I want to know. I mean, you know, they actually that 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 person I believe um, <laughs> had uh, requested that the people stop swearing. Um, oh, and ooh, so boy, for, for yeah for their for their efforts, they got called the c word, and then. <laughs> Uh, Fuck it out. Quickly move locations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they were um. That was it was it was near where Eddie seats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. So yes, I did go Thursday night, and it was a fantastic night for football. It was a great game. Can I just say off the bat, even though Carlton won, Jeremy Cameron is an absolute fucking superstar. Yeah. Yeah. When when him and Tomahawk are both up, like I don't, I don't know how many many teams that can stop them both. Mate, he got I think he got like twenty four possessions. He kicked six goals. He's kicking. He set shot. Every time he got it, you're like, ah, this is a goal. Yeah, sure. But he put down your glasses, Michael, yeah, sure. and he kicked them. And, um, you know, Carlton had the lead. And then, of course, Geelong kicked three goals. And it just made everyone in the crowd. Here we go. You know, yeah. you know we're 28 points up. You're like, yeah. we could easily win this. Yeah. But we don't. And the person that I was sitting next to, she turned to me. She goes, oh, Carlton can't lose from here. I'm like, what oh, is wrong dude. with people? Why would you ever say that out loud? Why? You don't, like, I don't even think it. Mm-hmm. Because I've got 20 years of history behind me But just don't fucking even The kids are today, mate They just don't know I, I don't I don't calm down until the team's holding up the Premiership Cup Like literally on the podium Even even after the game when they're all hugging and stuff like that I'm still like, I don't know There could be there could, yeah. be, <laughs> could be Someone could be um, not registered properly Okay, there yeah. could be <laughs> Yeah, we could throw this Has, Have we double-checked the salary cap? Because <laughs> it's not fair So it was, a, it was a great win It was a fun night I really enjoyed it But, okay, so this is a question without notice for you And I oh. noticed it Thursday night And then noticed it more across the weekend As I was kind of paying attention yeah, to it cool Which team supporters yell ball the earliest? Uh, so I noticed the Carlton supporters were doing it. So the thing that really annoys me about it yep. is a player will pick up the ball, get tackled immediately, clearly has not had an opportunity sure. to get rid of the ball. So therefore, it is never going to be holding the ball sure. in a million years. And every fuckwit just starts going, boo! And you're like, mate, it's not holding the ball. I'm barracking for this team and I can see that it's not holding the ball. Don't be a fuckwit. I am going to go with maybe crowds in locations that aren't traditional football states. 
Oh, so you think it's a, a call of someone who doesn't quite know the rules? Yeah, I reckon there's that. I reckon there's Oh, no. Okay, interesting take. Yeah, because I reckon they kind of think GID just because you got tackled, does, that just means it's ball. Like, they don't take in the nuance that Razor Ray Chamberlain brings to these decisions. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay, so uh, that's interesting that you say that. So you're saying that maybe in Sydney it gets done a lot more just for people who don't quite know and just go a little bit hard. I reckon. I, I mean, if, if you put it like that as well, like I'd say uh, probably at Shanghai and Wellington mm. are probably the, <laughs> yeah. the two worst. Yeah, the cake tin. The cake tin yeah. was renowned for it. I'll give you that. <laughs> but, I, I okay, watching across the weekend, I heard Collingwood supporters just yelling it out fucking relentlessly, yeah. and that's because their team had a lot of pressure and they were just going ballistic, just yelling ball at every occasion. Yeah. But I'm going to say, I reckon Essendon supporters are as deluded as they come. Okay. When uh, they get a tackle and think that it's holding the ball. I was watching a little bit this afternoon against the Gold Coast, and maybe because over the last few years it's been so rare that Essendon players have actually laid a tackle that sticks. They've actually got a voice now. Yes. that Now they've gone, oh, we've got Brad Scott telling our boys how to tackle. We want in. And so they, this afternoon, it was just like, all right, well, that is not holding the ball, you fucking morons. Yeah, gotcha. But then also maybe do you take your crowd into that as well by the fact they were playing Suns, therefore there were way more bombers than there would have been Sun supporters. I wonder if that's a factor as well, like the crowd size. Uh, no, I think it's just pure delusion. Oh, okay. Well, shit on my point then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, t- talk about the Bombers. There's actually a mm. play about the history of the Bombers. Simon Madden heard about my comedy festival show. Yeah. thought, i got to get in on this history shit because these tickets are flying off the shelf. People are scalping them for $5,000 in the street. He's going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in on board on this. And so he's, yeah. ri- he's written a play about the history of Melbourne. Um, I'm sorry, Essendon. And it was... I think commissioned to write it last year during the 150th anniversary and then got around to it now and goes through the various eras, of, I suppose. But now, let, let me ask you the question with that notice, Adam. Mm. Of all the kind of eras of, Mel- of Essendon, I keep on saying Melbourne, yeah. of Essendon's history, mm. let me ask you, which particular era do you think they're going to um, maybe, maybe uh, fail to mention a great deal? No, well, you say that, but the article says that they are actually going to talk about the supplement saga. Really? And I think, I hope, like that is, if I'm, if I'm there and I'm going as a, uh, an impartial viewer, mm-hmm. I want that to be acts two, three, possibly if you'd go into a fourth act and sure. maybe come with a fifth. Like I want to see people dressed as syringes running around, like, you know, um, you know how you, you'd have like a group of people all stuck together and then slowly they fall apart like uh-huh. they're being shredded. Uh-huh. And you have like, firstly, you have James Hurd coming out and at the start, he's like really white. Yep. And then as the supplement saga goes on, he just develops this really fucking awesome tan yep. that he can't explain. Yep. And then I actually have not told you this, but mm. I uh, it's going to be a bit of a surprise when you come to open yeah. the night. But I'm actually playing uh, the bloke who shot up Stephen Dank's house. <laughs> Are you? I am. I am. A lot of makeup. Not a lot of neck tats I've got to get on p- before the show. It's a very, very moving scene. Very moving mm. scene. Um, so that's going to be my role for the next couple of weeks when we um, when we do the play. I actually think it'd be quite interesting. I actually might. Uh, I don't know what my, my schedule would be like, but mm. I actually wouldn't mind going and seeing that. And also, it is written by Simon Madden, who's not Dropkick. Well, no, he was a former. Uh, he's a former primary school. He's quite, uh, I would say, intellectual, and it's written by a a playwright as well called okay. Neil Cole, who yeah. I'm not sure of. You know what I'm looking forward to is just how they depict 
uh, Bomber Thompson and Bam Bam's time together in the house in Port Melbourne. I feel like this play needs a fucking sequel already. Like, we've got a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of ideas about how we can make this fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, when they get in, uh, I'm looking forward to how much time in the play they put into the CEO, it was Andrew Thorburn, who was hired for the day and then fired basically the next day. I mean, they could do that in real time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that would be... Absolutely fantastic. And, uh, like, how do you depict Kevin Sheedy? Like, how do you depict, like, because, you know, plays uh, always have, like, the fucking madman. Yeah, yeah, like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got that kind of thing, you've got who, like, just, you just have this guy coming out with crazy hair and just holding a bottle of red, just, and you go, oh, fuck, this must be Sheeds. Yeah, also, you want to be very careful with your acting method there because you don't want to get too method with Sheeds. You don't want to kind of become Sheeds and then, like, for the next 27 years, you think you're actually coaching. (laughs) But would that be like an Orson Welles type thing or a Marlon Brando Mm. type, you know, role? Yeah. It's like they talk about the the dude in succession, uh, the son. um, Kendall. uh, Yes, um, he's method, and they all say it fucking drives them nuts. That would be the fucking worst. Yeah, it? If yeah. so, if someone decided to be method around you and you'd just be like, seriously, I am gonna fucking kill you. Oh, you would, you would. Like, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis walking around talking like Abraham Lincoln, and you'd be like, Danny, mate, <laughs> you're not the fucking president. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Dougie Hawkins, we want to send our love to Dougie Hawkins. He had a bit of a fright during the week. Yeah, he got uh, he got struck by lightning. Yeah, working at the construction site. Now, I remember a few years ago, I was walking Mm. to your apartment, actually, and they were doing roadworks, and Dougie was doing the stop-start, stop-go sign. Um, And I just wandered past him, and he kind of, you know, recognised him. He's like, uh, you know, g'day, Dougie. He's like, g'day, mate. Um, But but, So he's been doing that for a while now. But so there was a huge storm. I miss, I must have missed this storm. I must have been in an office with no windows. But um, a huge storm, and he was working on the construction site, Felt like thunder and lightning was getting closer. Went into his kind of little, uh, what do you call it, tin shed. I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and knowing Dougie, he grabbed the biggest uh, steel pole he could mm-hmm. and ran into a field to try and fight off the storm. Yep. He um he got in the bath <laughs> <laughs> and grabbed a rotary telephone <laughs> and he had the toaster handy and it hit the shed and so it kind of in in the, and also then hit Dougie as well so he got a shock up I actually did not realize this but I looked at the article today and five to ten people in Australia die each year from being hit by um by lightning now I'm going to imagine that maybe does stuff to your heart so that might be the the cause of death but also it can get kind of severe burns and the like Paul Salmon told a story he he. Got burnt, um, got hit by lightning twice in one night. Really? Yeah. He said he went out into he had like a property and he went out into the backyard to to relieve himself. I mean, the big fish. You can't do that in the middle of a storm. <laughs> Look at the size of you, you fucking idiot. Well, I don't know if it was so much of a storm, it just kind of came from nowhere. But he said he got hit, and then later on that evening, he went out again, and he um he got hit a second time. All right, we need a little bit of fucking background on this Paul Salmon. <laughs> it does, like, <laughs> does sound made up, doesn't it? You know the first time you get hit by lightning and you go, fuck, I'm busting for a slash, <laughs> even, though, even though my fucking skin's almost all burnt off and I have no hair. I got a, but God the, damn it, I I'm going to go out I got back. a charred penis in my hands. <laughs> and they're like, you know there's a bathroom just there. 
Yeah, you do fish. live with functioning plumbing, mate. Like you can't yeah. go into the house <laughs> and not go out into a a, a, th- a thunder and lightning storm just so you can urinate on the on the ground like some kind of fucking <laughs> drunk youth at a party. So uh, Dipper, uh, sorry, Dipper. Um, uh, Dougie, he said that it was like playing on Dipper in the eighties, not knowing where he was. But he said he said since recovered from the strike, so he ended up going to hospital and yeah. they ran uh, ran you know tests on him and stuff. But this is the next day. He said, I'm not feeling too great. I'm a bit lightheaded and I've got these shivers up my left arm. Yeah. Which and then he follows like it up with, I'm back up and about. No, you're not, Dougie. <laughs> you got you shivers got up your arm, Dougie. Tingle. You got tingles in your arm. Go back to the hospital. You got shortness good. of breath, Dougie. You're coughing up blood. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's, you know, through blood just bubbling out of his teeth. I'm up and, I'm up and about, mate. Uh, got, I can't see anything. You're covered in sores. <laughs> you just ate a bat. <laughs> It's not going too well. Hey, um, we'll wrap it up shortly. Uh, don't forget our Comedy Festival show is coming up. Head to comedyfestival.com.au. Get to try booking as well. You click through there as well to get tickets and you use the little code, low dog, or one word, or low, uh, small letters. Yeah, we would love to discount. see that. Um, there could be a move to politics. Who am I to say? But uh, the big juke. Mm-hmm. The big juke. He, um, he was spotted last week uh, having a froth with um, the one and your mate, Peter Dutton. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do love Dutto. We uh, catch up, obviously, when I'm doing my job at Brisbane Energy. Uh, we catch up a lot. Yeah, and he's like gets annoyed at you because you're not burning enough fossil fuel. <laughs> he's like, there's a perfectly good pile of coal here. Get in there. So do you think, so uh, Luke Darcy's obviously very uh, right-leaning, if that's kind of the people that he's catching up with. Do you think that a footballer, slash breakfast host slash house of wellness co-host mm. could transition into politics. Well, I think I think the his main quality here is the house of wellness background. I think that's what the maybe yep. Liberal Party might be looking for in terms of oh, when okay. policy comes across the table, they, they can say, "Hey, Das House of Wellness, uh, you know what 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 medication could you be using in this situation? How can you yeah, that's get, a good point. How can you better get your chakra right? Um, yeah, or well, what's the best way? What sort of meditation would you um, say that we should have when immigrants start taking all of our jobs? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's one thing you do complain about a lot. But um, they yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> But I'm going to presume, like, yeah, in the next um, Dutton um, government, then there's yeah. probably a spot for um, health minister for the Duke, I imagine. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. And I think just don't stop there. Like, there's just so much more we could bring to it. I would love to hear BT in Parliament. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. JB? Hell of a thing, question time. Mm. Oh, imagine roaming Brian around <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> just going into the prayer room. Oh, what's going on in here? <laughs> what are you two up to? JB, yeah. And he just kind of like, whenever he kind of, uh, actually, if he was PM, you know, kind of the mm. bill gets approved, he's just like, mm, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, can I just say, there's a lot of articles written. I know you want to get to footballs in real life oh in a yeah. second. There are a lot of articles that are written um, about football. Yeah. And there was one in particular that caught my eye, and I'm sure you uh, noticed it as well. Oh, yeah. And this guy, this... Um, I know this one. This guy's written an opinion piece, uh, and it's called... I'll just give you the title so you can get kind of a sense of it, and then yeah. I'll give you the photo that was matched to it, uh, Junk Timers. This guy, Patrick O'Neill, I want to name him because he's... Uh, written one of the most deluded articles I've ever seen in my life. And he was, the title of the article is, My eight-year-old has never seen his footy team win 
I don't want to lie to him. Now, the photo that is accompanied with this uh, um, article is a photo of a little Hawthorne fan mm-hmm. with his little beanie on and his little scarf on. And I have never wanted to go up to an eight-year-old <laughs> more in my life and tell him to go and fuck himself. It's very seriously. When I kind of started reading the article, I was like, I was waiting for a twist, like a kind of, this is a tongue-in-cheek kind of twist. Yeah. And I can understand it. Like, you know, you know that that would be a bit sad for, you know, kids who, well, if you're a footy fan, say, like, you go to games from, say, like, four to eight. Okay, yep. maybe over that time you haven't seen your team win. Okay, like, a that's a, yeah, that's a bummer. But, like, I'm not yes. saying, not saying he's going every week either. But, like, um, but uh, I was just waiting for the twist of being like, He'll he'll be all right. Like, <laughs> yeah, to put that in, and and for for it to be Hawthorne, it was just like, okay, mate, okay. And then also he went through the premierships. He and it was there was no ironicness to it at all, or kind of like, uh, it was it was a bit uh, how how would one say, um, uh, you know how you, you don't you don't see things properly, um, a bit kind of you know the words where one eyed. No, 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 not that. But anyway, we'll move on. But um, but yeah, I. I <laughs> <laughs> the opening sentence to get you out of your jumble there. The yeah. opening sentence is walking out of the MCG. My son turned to me with a question that has always haunted the walkway to the Jolly Mont for a century. Dad, does our team ever win? <laughs> now listen here, you little fuckhead. It's round one. So this is written before round two, yeah, right? Yeah. You've witnessed one loss yep. at the start of a season. How many games did you guys win last year? It was about seven or eight, wasn't I'd it? I'd say so. I'd say about there, yeah. Yeah, so you hadn't even gotten rid of fucking all your experience yet. You still no. had Jack Gunston, still had Jager O'Meara, you yep. still had big boy McAvoy. You had enough players running around, you little fuckhead, <laughs> and you just won three flags. Sorry you weren't born uh, late enough or early enough to witness some of them, but how's go fuck yourself? They should have left an email so we could fucking write to this kid and he could... they. Put his fucking primary school down. Put his primary school down and I will get a police check so they know that I'm allowed in primary schools and I will fucking let this kid go. Give him a spray. Give him a bake. Mate, he will not fucking know what's hit him. He'll wish he barrack for another team when I'm fucking finished with him. Well, he talks to they talk briefly about maybe going to another team. I'm trying to think mm. of like who would that team be these days? Like who's been the kind of long-time champion? Because, I mean, Melbourne is one, one, one in like, you know, I imagine like if, dynasty. You, if you were born around 2010, I imagine there would be a lot of Tigers uh, Tigers kids around at the <laughs> oh, moment. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. We're about and to perhaps maybe if Melbourne get up this year, there might be a few Melbourne supporters. Although I imagine that if you're a Melbourne supporter, you're staying a Melbourne supporter, lest you be cut out of a massive inheritance. Because Geelong are obviously a good team, but they have only, they've only they they've won the one in the 10 years or 11 years or whatever. And yes. then on top of that, I think a consideration would be, if, say, if you are a Melbourne-based uh, person, uh, the idea of the travelling to a game, like mainly yeah. to appeal to either children or mainly parents, I imagine. Yeah, I would have thought so. And also Geelong seems to be very much, you know, of all the Victorian clubs, uh, one that it's very regional. Like you, if you're born down there, you're pretty much going to barrack for that team. Yeah, like even by the case, like my dad barracked for Hawthorne because his dad was from Geelong and wasn't really a fan. His mum was from Sydney, so he didn't care about sport, um, but it's Australian rules. Uh, and he said to his uh, son, um, his dad said to my dad, um, barrack for a team that you can walk down the street and go and see. So, yeah. you know, he kind of was like a 10, 15 minute walk down to Glenfrey Oval. 
So anyway, I hope this little kid sticks with the brown and gold and has many, many years yep. of sadness in front of him. Yep. Like many, like just so many years of just absolute abject. Like I have suffered I was gonna since say. we've been doing this podcast yeah. and since probably... 2001. I want his life to be like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and I mean, that's a hell of a thing to say because I want to tell you, Junk Time is like, you, you do not want to swap places with Adam for any <laughs> money whatsoever. That's a cruel bit of world. Hey, <laughs> Footballers in Real Life from Ryan. Uh, did the Victor Harbour 100 triathlon uh, a couple of weeks ago? 2K swim, 80 kilometre bike ride, 18 kilometre run. Good effort. Uh, and was competing against the one and only Roger Ramjet, I mean Dean Brogan, former Port Giants Ruck and former basketballer. Let's not forget that. Um, he beat me by two minutes, but in my defence, I didn't want to overtake him in case he punched me in the head. Although, <laughs> in his defence, I wasn't in an airport wearing a crow's jacket while acting like a cunt. Did Dean do something like that? <laughs> I can't remember that, but it sounds, sounds like, like a... Uh, yeah, it sounds like something crows and poor people would do. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Gave me an encouraging thumbs up each time we passed each other on the run. Uh, he may have just been threatening me with a fist. <laughs> but at least it's a fist with a thumb attached to it. Um, but congrats on that, Ryan. That's a huge effort. That is really good. So 18, like that's just under half a half a marathon. Um, 80K ride. What, what kind of numbers do you kind of clock up if you've gone for a long ride? Uh, I'm not a huge cyclist, but if okay. I punch out, if I punch out like thirty, I'll be sore for days. Oh, okay, gotcha, cool. Yeah. Uh, from Tom, I went to grab a coffee in Perth at CBD on Wednesday with my co-worker. As we're lining up and chatting, I look across the cafe and make eye contact with none other than 2018 Premiership legend Dom Sheed. The great man was wearing brown loafers, blue suit pants, and a standard white business shirt. Not sure what he does for himself outside of football, but he seems to be doing very well for himself. I was pretty incensed that he was made to buy his own coffee, given how much joy he's brought to the great nation of West Australia. Um, no, West, no, West, say that. West Australia. West Australia. Uh, but alas, me and my co-worker sat and waited for our coffees next to him, and he was just scrolling through his phone after the barista called out Dom, and he left the cafe. I turned to my co-worker and said, that was Dom Sheet, and got a blank response. I don't think co-worker is a footy fan. Disappointing. Just, just started a new job, and we'll be frequenting that cafe, so we'll try and catch him again. Uh, and get on his good side purely for the giant time gags. Hopefully, this can make this, <laughs> can make this a series. P.S. My small coffee was five dollars seventy. Outrageous! No, that's a bargain in Perth. Mm, I don't know, but for small man, for small. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, if I'm in Perth, I'm happy with that. I'm taking that. Um, why? Why is why is it kind of the coffee? Like, what what's happened about the coffee that that's always kind of like the high, the kind of the thing that stands out of expensive stuff in Perth. What are they doing? Yeah, that, to the, what are they doing to the beans and the milk? Is it just is it just the fact that they can use um, you know the transport as an excuse for everything? So you just go, mate, it's got to come from the east coast. Everything gets dropped off in you know Sydney or Melbourne, and so all the transport. So you got one. Tr there's one truck of beans coming across. It's like Mad Max. He's yeah, just yeah. fucking running through you know people on Nullarbor Plane just trying to fucking. <laughs> Bean jack him because I mean I get it I understand it when you head you head further north like I've done comedy tours you know further north and you kind of go holy shit like you know but I get it it's like generally being had to you know traverse you know a third of the country up north you know what I mean yeah because um, I have a friend who runs a coffee van and they said I think they said the average cost of a coffee is uh, I think it was like eighty cents wow yeah and I feel like actually. I actually don't know if the cup is more than the milk or the beans. Like, I feel the cup may not be cheap. 
Well, that's why I get the cup, just so I make sure I get my money's worth. Mm. <laughs> and it gives me and it gives me something to burn to keep the gabber alive. <laughs> and you're running out. you got to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, you burnt your keep cup, so that's <laughs> your mistake. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to hit the road. Uh, we're Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. And go hooks. And go blues. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.